Hi, my name is Marianne Hogan, and I am a Solomon Ultra Runner. I am also a coach and a HR manager, and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thank you. I respect that, man, so you keep doing what you do, man. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey everyone, it's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? I decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler. I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. Welcome to episode 201 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have an awesome episode. Marianne Hogan makes a comeback and then wins a golden ticket. She'll be going to Western States this year. I'm super excited for her comeback. And I mentioned in the podcast, for you Patreon supporters... I'm going to try to pull from the archives uh, the conversation I had with her mid-2017. It's no longer a a live podcast, but I want to make sure you guys get to check that out. And I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. There's a twist. It's a little beyond the halfway point where you can almost hear my my brain explode. It was mind-blowing. I'm Ethan Wayne, director of the John Wayne Cancer Foundation. And I'm Molly, the race director for the John Wayne Grit Series. My father, John Wayne, asked my family and I to use his name to help find a cure for cancer. So we started the Grit Series. It's a series of 5Ks, 10Ks, and half marathons that take place in the most beautiful and rugged landscapes across the Southwest, including places where John Wayne shot some of his most famous movies. That's right. And all the race proceeds go towards cancer research and prevention programs. We're asking you to join us and bring your courage, strength, and grit to the fight against cancer. For more information on a race near you, visit us at johnwayne.org. That's johnwayne.org. Stay dusty. Big thank you to Exoskin. So they have a new t-shirt. It's 100% cotton, two colors, black and neon green with white logo on the front. And a hashtag show us your skin and at Exoskin USA on the back. They are $26.50 each without a discount available, but still just really appreciate their support. So check out the show links um, for that link to Exoskin. Also, big thank you to Tannery Outdoors. If you're interested, use uh, the promo code Ultra10 for 10% off. But this is just a great company. You know, it's designed for runners by runners. Uh, The founder is an ultra runner. And it's an all-natural mineral-based product, which in this era of of sunscreen recalls and everything taking place there, it's just comforting knowing um, this this is a a good, honest company. And um, it, it cares about the ultra running community. It cares about the trails and... In the national parks and state parks, I think 1% of their sales goes back into the park systems. And they they definitely support, you know, some really great ultra runners and 
Ultra Running Podcast. Marianne, it's been way too long. How have you been? Thank you for joining me on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm happy that we can we can chat with a couple of years of hiatus here. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we we've interacted a lot kind of like just behind the scenes messaging each other on Instagram and stuff. And I've just kind of been I don't know, it, it sounded like a while back you had to like move out of the states and then you're trying to figure some of that stuff out and then COVID hit and then it was like I kind of lost track of everything that was going on. Yeah. Um how have the past few years gone for you? I know you battled an injury or two and travel restrictions and all kinds of stuff <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah so the last time we kind of chatted it was more in 2017 where things were going really well for me in the in the ultra running world um but as you mentioned that year I had to move back to Canada my visa was expiring um after eight years in the states and so I moved back to Quebec um and uh in that move actually I kind of you know how it goes. I was kind of really motivated to run and I kind of wanted to do uh, or try running full time or just kind of take advantage of the months where I didn't have a job. Um, and then uh, really quickly, as I, I kind of um, did that, I got a, a stress fracture. So a couple months after coming back home, um, I got a stress fracture with, uh, of the uh, higher femur. And so um, that kind of kept me out of the game for a little. Um, and as I was getting back into it, um, as soon as I got back into it, a couple of months after getting into it, I, I went running um, and twisted my ankle really badly uh, in the just on the trail in a very kind of easy, uh, non that not that technical course. Um, and I twisted my ankle and I spiral fractured my tibia and my fibula. Um, and so, oh yeah, a double uh, fracture, um, which, uh, I thought w I would be able to bounce back from it very quickly, but it took, it took much longer than expected. I was out for at least a year and a half or two. Um, I got two surgeries, um, one where I had, uh, two plates and 14 screws inserted in my uh, right leg. Um, and then about a year and a half later, I got that removed. And it was after that point that I was kind of able to, to start building back up and, and kind of, um, get back into the swing of things. And, uh, this is where I am. And also, as everyone knows, the pandemic hit and, and that kind of slowed things down, but uh, that's kind of my la life story in the last, uh, four, four years or so. So for the listeners background in 17, I was at quad rock. I skipped the race and just decided to like do photos and, and film there because I was battling in it like a minor injury myself and I was blown away seeing Marianne's finish there. So, uh, afterwards we stayed in touch and then she was in Boulder. We went out for an interview and I decided to try something different where I was interviewing on an actual run in the audio quality, it was a little spotty. Um, it was still really fun. Yeah, it was, and it was fun for sure. You, you were so nice to take like two hours of, at least two hours after work. Um, it took everything out of me to just try to hang <laughs> anywhere anywhere near you and be able to talk at the same time. Um, I, was, so, I was half time for a run, so for sure I was down with the idea. I mean, and... I'll throw in really quick for you Patreon supporters. I'll I'll try to exclusively kind of repost that so you know what the heck I'm talking about, um, and maybe even try to maybe put a snippet into this episode as well. But um, 
when the big thing that was the outlier when we had talked last time was how many miles you were doing on a weekly basis. I mean, at the time, I think you were hanging out with um, a lot of really big runners in Boulder and putting in serious miles. And I was like, aren't you afraid you're going to get injured? <laughs> like, and, and I think you responded like it's been years of building into this mileage. Like it, I didn't just do it overnight. And, you know, ironically, your injuries were more like freak accident related, it seems like, than anything. Uh, yes and no. I feel like, uh, uh, I feel like in, in retrospect, probably, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll never really know what caused my accidents. But there's always a part of me that questions like whether, um, you know, the, the week before uh, breaking my leg, I had a really, really seriously high mileage week. I was out uh, on vacation for a week in, in Vancouver and we did like 250 kilometers in like five days or something. Um and so uh, I think my legs were really tired when I went out that day. I, I was running a 50k loop, and um, I, I, you know, in retrospect, I'm I I think to myself like maybe that as soon as my body's feeling tired, maybe I shouldn't take those take those decisions and and kind of uh, grow from them. But um, it is also uh, you know another part of me that's like, well, I, I can't really when my ankle is going to twist or you know some some things like that sometimes you can't really control um so i i guess it's a little bit of both yeah. but i i do i do uh definitely take part of the responsibility and, and try to learn from those situations in order to grow <laughs> i mean that's that's great to hear and it sounds like you've made some very positive developments i mean how has your training changed you know coming back from these injuries like have you learned uh, anything different in ter like beyond just, you know, resting when your body feels tired, like has your volume changed Has has the intensity, um, you know, been ratcheted down on, you know, one day now instead of two or three, like, tell me how your training has changed since coming back from these two major injuries. Yeah. Um, so the comeback was, was, uh, you know, more progressive. So, um, I was actually during the, during those injured time, um, I took on being a guide for a Paralympic athlete. So, um, a Paralympic triathlete, shall I say. So, uh, that allowed me to kind of cross train in different ways. So I swam a lot, I biked a lot and I kind of rebuild back my mileage slowly, but surely. Um, and I think that's, that really, that kind of really helped me come back, um, injury free, um, which is really nice. And I think uh, it's shown that, you know, I, I, I can, um, switch my training up a little bit and, and, and make sure that I, I stay healthy. Um, so that's the first thing as just the, the comeback has been more progressive, um, and then the second thing is, you know, back when, when we, we were chatting up in Boulder in 2017, um, I, I, wasn't someone who ever ran with a watch or calculated mileage or anything like that. And, and my weekly volume was more something that was a general idea. And I kind of thought that that's how many, how much volume I was doing, you know, um, with commuting and, and, and all of that. Um, but uh, at the beginning of 2021, actually, I went ahead and uh, got a watch. I got a Koros uh, watch now. Um, and that really, really helps me kind of uh, make sure that I don't go over. Like, I, I really tried to keep my mileage to 100 miles a week. Um, and obviously, there are certain weeks where I kind of get uh, carried away and there's different adventures or different things that I want to do. And, and it brings my mileage over that. But um, I try to get, you know, a better control and a better sense of, of uh, the mileage that I'm doing. And, and I think that that, that kind of helps 
control my desire to be outside at all times running. Um, so I think that that's helped me as well. I mean, back in 17, we talked, I swear you said you were doing about 130 to 140 miles a week. What, what do you think your biggest volume week was back in 16, 17? Uh, and I mean, it's it's great to hear. Now, it sounds like it's a red flag. You went over 100 miles one week, so then you're probably doing more of a recovery week following that. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Well, yeah, I try to, you know, I, I try to limit myself at a hundred miles, but when I look at my, my past weeks, like the, the, the thing is like the weekend is, are the days that end the week. And I'm always uh, excited to go out and adventure on the weekend. So that's always usually why I go over a hundred miles. Um, but at least I'm aware of it and, and, and I can, um, uh, react positively when, when something goes on. Um, so that's one thing, but, uh, other things that I'm doing is, uh, I'm much better at incorporating, you know, physiotherapy as soon as something, as soon as I have a little uh, ache and pain here and there, I kind of call up my physio and I'm like, Hey, like what's going on here. And then he gives me exercises to kind of make sure that I, um, work those areas that are, are, are struggling a little more. Um, and then, uh, I get more massages and things like that. I kind of try to take care of my body more than I did when I was in Boulder, you know, in Boulder, I, I think the thing too, uh, in Boulder, I used to live, um, up in the mountains at, uh, my friend's house and it, the commute from my house to work was, um, 10 miles. So uh, if I decided to run and I didn't have a car, so, uh, running into the office meant that I was running at least a base of 20 miles a day. Um, and that adds up very quickly because all you have to do is run to work every day, which pretty much what, what which was pretty much what I was doing um, on top of, you know, any social runs that were happening during the week. And so um, that's something that's also changed and, and, and that I'm trying to, to be more reasonable, if you will. You move closer to work or are you I just move, working remote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm working remote a lot, but uh, I also live closer to where I work. So that helps. But uh, <laughs> it's it, the, the, the idea is more to be like before I used to be so like nonchalant about everything. And, and, and I am still very nonchalant, but I'm trying to be more reasonably nonchalant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how have you changed mentally as a runner? Because these recent breakthrough type performances I'm seeing shows me there's more than just the physical side coming back. It seems like you've unlocked something mentally as well. Is is that safe to say? Like I when I broke my ankle, I had taken walking for granted and then I came back and just was like thankful for each footstep essentially. I mean, tell me more about the mental side of things and how those have how it's changed over the past few years. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's the same idea. You know, I'm so I'm so incredibly great, grateful now whenever I can make it to to a start line. And it's not about um, it, it, like right now, I'm just so thankful that I am my body is able to run 100K regardless of the speed I'm running it at. Um, that's something that I definitely wouldn't have been able to do in the, in the last four years. And especially not when I broke my leg, you know, when I broke my leg, I was really out of it for, for so long. I was on crutches for maybe three months. Um, it took me really a long time to get back to walking without limping and then running without limping. And then even when I started running, you know, it, it was, um, it was very painful for my leg the first year when I had screws and, 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 um, 
and plates in there. It's, it's as if I wasn't reacting really, my body wasn't reacting well to it. Um, so right now when I, you know, the simple fact that I'm able to make it to a start line, uh, it just, it, it, it fills me with so much joy that I, it doesn't really matter to me what pace I'm running, what position I'm in. And I think that that just brings a certain like lightness of being in the race. And it's just, it, it makes things so easy for me and so simple, you know, there's no, there's no pressure. There's no, there's none of that. And so when I showed up to UTCT a couple of weeks ago, and when I showed up to Bandera, um, a couple of days ago, that's kind of the, the feeling that I had. And, it, you know, it, it's just something that if you see me throughout the race, you kind of, you, you can kind of tell that that's what's going on. Cause I'm just so happy to be there and, and happy to be able to, to, to have everyone, uh, you know, it, it's just, it, I'm having such a good time that it, it really changes you, your mental game because you're no longer feeling any pressure or, or feeling any need to, to run a certain pace or anything like that. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think here in terms of, uh, your your breakthroughs. I mean, how much relief was there um, having those performances coming out of kind of, I, I'm guessing there was a little bit of despair there for a while. I mean, you're someone putting in volume that's just like mind blowing to a lot of us. <laughs> and then three months, you know, it sounds like you, you're in a cast basically. And, and then yeah. coming back, you're limping. I mean... I want to hear about those low moments of questioning yourself and then how that compares to, uh, yeah, your, your recent performances. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's no doubt that there were some times that were more difficult during, during those times where I wasn't able to run and I wasn't able to, to walk even, and I wasn't able to participate in any of the things that I would normally would love to participate in. And so there's definitely a, a mental game there and it's, it's, it's very hard to, to stay positive and, and kind of work through those moments. Um, but for me, uh, what I think, and I don't know why I do this and I don't know why I have a tendency of doing this, but the, the whenever something bad happens to me, um, you know, I, I, I make it my best effort to kind of live the situation as it's happening. You know, it's like when I broke my leg and, and, um, it happened, you know, I knew immediately that it was broken because it was completely, um, out of, a. Uh, you know, my leg, my foot was completely uh, out of, uh, my leg, you know what I mean? So it wasn't at all in, in, um, in line anymore. So I knew that it was broken. Yikes. Um, yeah. and, and so when I was there and, and, you know, it happened and, and I was with my brother at the time and he, you know, he was thinking of a, of a, he was thinking of a way to get me out of the woods cause we were in the middle of the woods. And, um, you know, I, I just stopped him in his tracks and I was like, okay, can we just, uh, can we just stop trying to rescue me here? And can we just take a minute and, uh, like, just assess the situation by, you know, I, it was just very important for me to say that, you know, this really sucks right now. You know, I, I just had to say it. I just had to express what I was feeling and I was just very, you know, rational about it, but I just wanted him to acknowledge that this really sucked. You know, I had lined, I, that year I had a, a, a really fun, um, uh, race calendar set up. Um, and so I, I that emotion, I lived it right as it happened. You know, I just acknowledged the, fa the fact that I was very upset at, at that situation and it really sucked. And, and that really helped me kind of um, accept the situation as it was and kind of move on from that and grow from that. And so that's kind of usually what I try to do. Um, I, I try to live the situation as it is the quickest as I can. You know, I, I understand and I just acknowledge the fact that it's, it's a very, um, excuse my expression, but shitty, <laughs> shitty thing to be living. Um, but as soon as I acknowledge it, I'm able to 
to kind of get out of that moment and do my best to, to recover as quick as possible. And so that's kind of what happened when I broke my leg. That's kind of what happened when I got my stress fracture um, and any other injury that resulted because uh, I'm, I'm, I skipped a couple injuries that were kind of a result of my broken leg. Um, but that's kind of what I'm able to do every time that it happens. I just acknowledge the fact that the injury happens and it, it really sucks. And then I'm able to get out of that get out of that uh, negative moment and, and try to try to live, you know, move forward as positively as possible. Was COVID ironically sort of helpful for you because it relieved the pressure of like even being able to miss out on traveling that much? Like, did you, was that your rebuilding year? Was it 2020? I'm trying to recall exactly the timeline here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 2020 was definitely my, my rebuild year. Um, what happened was that, um, you know, I had, uh, signed up to be a guide, as I mentioned for the Paralympic team, and we were supposed to make it to Tokyo 2020. And so I was training up for that, um, up to that moment in triathlon. And then, um, what happened, obviously COVID hit and, um, Tokyo 2020 became Tokyo 2021. And, uh, I had originally signed on to be, um, on board until 2020, but obviously, you know, I, I wanted to, to go forward with the, with the rest of my, uh, commitment to Jessica, who was the, the, the blind triathlete that I was guiding. Um, so I decided to, to continue for moving forward with her and kind of put my, you know, I was already at uh, X number of years removed from the trail scene. So I figured uh, it wouldn't be so bad for me to, to, to keep going with this and, and, and see it all the way through. Plus it was an amazing experience. So I'm really happy about that. So that's kind of what I did um, all of 2020, beginning of 2021, all the way to the Tokyo um, Paralympics that happened. Um, and then as soon as that uh, was over, uh, you know, my mind completely switched into trail running. And uh, less than two weeks later, I was doing um, the 125K at Ultra Trail Arikana, which is part of the Ultra Trail World Tour. Um, that was my first race of 2021. And that's kind of when I when I got back. I mean, and so did you, what did you learn from Jessica that you're then applying? Cause I do want to hear about this race as well. Um, it sounds like Jessica's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a picture of you guys, I think on a bike. Yeah. Um, trying to remember, right? I think there's a few pictures of you guys running together as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really phenomenal experience. Actually, it's one that I, it's really hard to describe to someone actually, um, you know, what exactly it is, but it's, it's, it's so interesting to be uh, responsible for, for, for another person um, and to be working together uh, to make it, uh, you know, um, the, the quickest as we can at the finish line. Um, plus it's, it, it was so wonderful working with Jess. Jess is a, a, a wonderful athlete, but an even better person. Um, she is, uh, you know, she's one of these people who is just always in a, such a good mood and is super positive and it's so nice to be able to to have her enjoy you know the little things as we were traveling the world together um so that was really nice to see um it's it's incredible to see you know the things that she is able to do um she is 100 blind so she doesn't even uh, perceive light or anything like that and you know she's able to go on hikes and some pretty some pretty um difficult hikes you know it's 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 very impressive to see her uh go forward with life and and that's just something that is just a remarkable experience um but also just racing as a guide uh you know there's nothing that has gotten me outside of my comfort zone as much as that um in the sense of you know when you're when you're racing for yourself you're making decisions and you're taking these decisions for yourself and by yourself 
Um, but when you're a guide for a Paralympic blind athlete, triathlete, um, you have to react, you have to take a decision, and you have to communicate that decision within a very short amount of span, uh, you know, am- amount of time. And so what happens sometimes during our races is a situation arises, and I'm in front of the tandem, and and I have to make a quick decision as to what's going on, and I have to communicate that to her. Um, you know, there was a time where we were we where we missed a turn. Um, and uh, I had to communicate that to her and, and ha- had to hop off of the tandem while we're riding it. And I have to, you know, share that information with her because she has no idea what's going on. So it's, it's just it's just an experience um, like absolutely no other. And and I know that not a lot of people uh, has the uh, would have the opportunity to live that. But uh, I would definitely recommend it if anyone can get involved in something like that. It's just it, 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 um, it was really, really one of the best experiences of my life for sure. It sounds like an amazing experience. I mean, did you pick up certain aspects of running from that experience? Like are like is running on the trail now more of a heightened experience for you since you know what you'd previously just, you know, hopped over a rock, now you're maybe thinking a little bit more about it? Has, has that experience changed for you? Uh, no. You can say no, I don't yeah, care. I would say no about the trail, um, but I would say yes about life. You know, just just everything is just, uh, it, it, it brings you a different perspective, right? Like if you're, I've, I've shared so much of my time now with Jess because when I'm, you know, when I'm racing with her and when I'm with her across the world, I'm not just her guide when we're, we're training or racing, I'm her guide in life. And so it's so interesting to see just different situations, right? Like this in different situations that a blind person has to go through is going through and in, in, in the way she is reacting to those situations. And I think that that's just, you know, it, it was just very, um, which is a funny expressing for me to use but eye-opening experience for me um and 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 in that way it definitely changed me but as for trail running you know because um Jess is blind there there would be uh rare occasions where we'd be running on the on the trail per se so that 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 hasn't definitely hasn't impacted that so much actually interesting yeah and I, I have to say you're the only person I've ever gone on a run with and then we stopped and I was like changing a battery or something and uh marianne takes out a i think you had carrots in your pack <laughs> like like real like just orange yeah. car- like long regular carrots and you just started like munching on one and i did a double take i didn't fall over um <laughs> yeah so are you st- doing. are you still packing carrots um like how's your diet changed over the past few years? You still, yeah. I think, I think you're a beer drinker too, right? Can't yeah, remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a beer drinker, but I'm also a carrot eater. I love carrots, and I can't really explain why. I just have them at all times of the day, any time of the day, and I always have them in my pack. And it's always really funny when people see them in my pack because it's like, why are you carrying a full carrot? Um, but no, I definitely still carry those. I uh, I eat uh, I think more carrots than anyone I could her a combined <laughs> amount of people i know oh <laughs> uh, beta carotene you must have yep. 2020 vision right no uh no, no you have glasses even. right yeah i have glasses for sure <laughs> <laughs> um are has your diet changed over the years or yeah. are you still the same as always no I, i've evolved for sure so i was definitely um you know I'm one of these people who on a day-to-day basis, I, I, you know, I really love like healthy food and it just makes me feel really good. I, 
I have no problem with people who, who eat a certain way or, you know, it's just that, and I'm not a vegan and I'm not a vegetarian. I'm none of that, but I just really enjoy vegetables. I always have. And I think I always will. So I eat an incredible amount of cabbage and carrots and, and I continue to do that. Um, but back when I, back when I started running ultras, I think that I wasn't modifying my diet enough during race day and, and the day before races and, and things like that. And I think that now, um, I, you know, I've evolved and I, and, and I, I make a huge effort to consume, you know, as much calories as I can, um, during my big runs, during my big workouts, during, I mean, I mean, at all times, but it's just, I, I have a bigger, uh, level of concern for those things. Um, because I, I do want to make sure that I'm, I'm on top of, you know, uh, just my health and, and, and also, I want to make sure that I'm fueled properly for those, for those workouts and for those races. And that, that's, that has definitely evolved over time for sure. Yeah, that's surprising. I, I do not remember you saying anything like that um, in, in late 17, yeah. mid 17. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a positive development. Where, where did you pick this up? Where are you now working like closely with a nutritionist? Was this from a coach? Was uh, your brother like just laying it out for you? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Where, where'd you no, pick this up? I, I think through time, I think that, you know, as I, um, as I evolve as an athlete and as a runner, I think that it, it became, um, it became very apparent to me that I pro that, I that I was doing something wrong, right? Because I kept being injured, and and no one is injured for four years at a time if if they're healthy and 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 making the right decisions, right? So at, at one point yeah. you have to kind of question yourself and 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 understand what you're doing and and wonder if if you can do things differently to try to make things better. And so um, throughout the years, I realized that you know, um, yeah, eating healthy and eating you know, eating healthy and, and kind of being in control of what you eat, uh, is, uh, is, is a positive thing to do, but it can also be, uh, it can also come to your detriment if you're not fueling enough and you're not, even if, you know, you're eating healthy, if you're not fueling enough, it's, it, it's not going to help you. And, and, and my biggest conclusion was, you know, what's the point of, um, what's the point of maybe maintaining a certain weight or, or, or eating the healthiest you can if you if if that fuel doesn't allow you to show up on race day and to show up on the start line because you're injured or you know if I'm injured uh, and I can't uh, go on any adventure runs like that's that doesn't make me happy in the end and how can I make sure to, to be able to show up to those races and to be able to 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 do all the runs that I want um, is to eat a sufficient amount and more than I think is sufficient and that's one of the things that I I've really been working on and um, and uh, I think it's really helped me kind of get back to get back to the, the place that I am today. I love it. You know, I've talked to a lot of people that have battled a lot of stuff and man, between these injuries and then figuring out nutrition. Like, I'm just sincerely, like, as a friend, I'm just excited for you. Yeah, like, thanks. You're making so many positive changes. Um, let's hear about UTHC. Like, I, maybe people don't really know much about it. I mean, can you give us kind of some of the background on why you picked that? Um, yeah, of who, course. Who you saw at the start line, all that kind <laughs> of good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so UTHC is a race um, up in Charlevoix. So it's it's kind of like a five hour northeast of uh, Montreal. 
it's a gorgeous, gorgeous area, um, and it's part of the Ultra Trail World Tour, and it's it's very, very huge in the Quebec um, trail running community. And since I'm from Quebec, and um, actually, you know, when I broke my leg in 2018, um, the race that I was supposed to do one week later was the 125K at UTHC. Um, UTHC. So I was very, very. Uh, I wanted to go back to it. I wanted to 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 go out and do the race that I was wasn't able to do back in 2018, and I thought it was a great way to come back to the trail running scene. And um, you know. I, like I was mentioning earlier in 2021, I was mostly focusing on Jessica and, and her uh, path to Tokyo. So I wasn't able to do the trail running that I wanted or, or the, the volume or the, or the, yeah, the, the, the specific training. So I thought it would be a good way for me to, to kind of start off in, in more, you know, a, a local race for me and, and, and kind of get myself out there and, and just kind of uh, try to do my best at a 125 K and finish it. Um, but I, I didn't have any, um, expectation of result or I wasn't putting anything like that uh, in front um, but it turned out that the the, 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 the race was was uh, very competitive actually in the, in the last couple of weeks leading up to the race a lot of uh, really fast female headliners um, uh, added themselves to the start list which made things very interesting um, you know there is uh, did, that make, did that make you nervous or were, uh, you, you know, guys are so competitive you're you probably got more excited right yeah, I, I get super excited. I'm not I'm not very like I'm not a very stressed out person. I'm just I just get so excited and I'm like, oh this is so fun, you know, like if we can run with fast people and, and kinda uh you know, have have a have a good run with them. I think that that's just like the more the merrier, right? And the faster the better. So uh, no, it, it doesn't make me nervous. It just makes me happy and excited. And and I love it when there's, a, you know, I love to hear headlines where uh, people say like, oh, the, the women's field is so competitive, this 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 race, you know, and, and we hear more and more about that. So I think that's really cool. And that's exactly what happened at UTHC. Uh, the women showed up and kind of dominated the, the, the scene there for a little. And um, who I, threw in? Excuse me? Who, who threw in? Uh, who, who was who signed up there for that race yeah so uh, people you would know definitely uh, katie asmith um who won bandera 100k last year and, and got fifth at western states so that was super cool to have her there uh i met her she's such a such a, a nice and inspiring person i love that i was able to meet her um and then the, the woman who got first her name is jenny quilty uh she is out west um in canada she is amazing as well like she's such a smiling and fast and crushing uh you know she's so good and, and it, it was so good to be able to meet both of them. Um, I think those are the, the two uh, main names. And, and she, so Jenny got first, I got second, and Katie got third. So that's uh, that's kind of how it went. But um, what's nicer nice. is that we finished all three within. Uh, or Katie, I, I, don't, I don't remember was her was her overall, but um, I was fifth overall, and Jenny was second overall. So that's really nice to to, to be able to to get some women on the top five overall. You know. That was That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and so is that what the catalyst was behind looking at Western states or what, where did Western uh, states kind of come into your mind as a, a targeted race? Yeah. Um, well, back in 2017, I mean, when things were going really well, um, I was kind of hoping to be able to, 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 to give it my best shot um, in 2018 to tr try to qualify for states. Um, and then 
uh, I, like I mentioned, I, I got a stress factor really early on or at the late 2017. So that kind of got me out for 2018 and then the rest was history. Um, so it, it, I don't know. I, I love the, I love the event. I love the energy behind the event. I love how excited people get about Western States. Um, I, I, you know, I, I really love positive energy and I think that there's nothing but positive energy about Western States. I was able to go out there, um, in 2019 to pace a friend, I believe it was 2019. Um, and you know, I, I was just so determined to, to go back to that race and, and kind of give it, uh, give it a shot for my own. And so, uh, I figured that this year while I'm healthy, um, and while things are, are looking up, um, that I would give it my best shot. So that's kind of why I decided to go. And it was just a, a weird coincidence that Katie uh, showed up at uh, Arigana and, and, and that the, that comes together. But uh, no, it, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, the, the idea of Western States has been in my mind for, for way longer than, than that, for sure. You're signed up for Bandera, Black Canyon, 100K, and then I think Canyon's 100K. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Those three races in the States for sure. Where are you mentally showing up for Bandera? I mean, it seems like physically you're kind of honed in after that North Face race, I fifth overall. I mean, are you feeling confident or like how how are you going into that race? Yeah, uh, well, I think UTCT uh, gave me more confidence um, for sure. So UTCT happened in November 2021, about six weeks before Bandera. Um, and I felt so good on the, in that race too. I, you know, I, everything was just, went just very smoothly and it, it was just a very good experience. And so, um, I, I was going into Bandera very, uh, excited, um, and mostly encouraged by my, uh, you know, where I was uh, physically, but also mentally. Um, cause as you said, I was just showing up and happy to be there and, and ready to give it my best shot. And I was, uh, I was de- determined to, to, to do that. Um, and, and, and things kind of worked out for me at that point. You, you leveraged your September race in Quebec in that pretty much a, like a comeback kind of establisher race into South Africa, right? Yeah. 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 Well, in, in, Actually, the whole story is in, in Arikana Utashi. Like, I was feeling really, really good up until the kilometer 80. And I had a huge, um, I, I twisted my ankle, uh, the, the, the leg that I broke, um, twisted my ha- ankle and, and was barely able to, to, to make it to the finish, to be honest. So the last 45K were really hard. Um, but, uh, but I made it. And then that's when I ended up, uh, you know, it, I was able to finish the race. And I'm super, you know, I'm super happy about that. And that's just the, the basis. Um, and then, uh, you know, to be honest, like running back from UTH, like my ankle was like a baseball ball for about a month. Um, it was, it was humongous. It was really difficult to kind of get back into training. Um, but eventually I was able to, and I, I was a little concerned about UTCT because it's a very technical course. Um, but you know what? I did a lot of mobility. I did a lot of treatment. Um, and I, uh, was able to, to kind of show up to UTCT semi, uh, ankle healthy. And so, uh, I gave it my best shot at UTCT and, uh, yes, there were some pretty fast names at UTCT. Um, there were Jim Wamsley and there was Courtney. Um, so it, it was just a very fun race to be a part of. And I, it, I, I wasn't expecting it to go the way that it went. Um, but it went uh, fabulously well. And I, I was just, uh, it, it kind of got me pumped for, for the future for sure. What race did you twist your ankle at? UTSC, UTSC, like the the one we were talking about, the one in the, in the, in September in Quebec. You finished fifth overall. Yeah, yeah. After I'm that not, rolled ankle. 
Yeah, I was third overall at that point, and then uh, and then I got passed by uh, Jenny in the fourth place at uh, maybe kilometer one hundred and seven, hundred and six. Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah, so things are going really well, but I mean, it, I, I was able to finish it, and that's what matters. But but uh, yeah, that's what happened. You're in third overall. You said around eighty kilometers or ninety kilometers. 80. I think it was about 82. Yeah, yeah. And so for 45 kilometers, you have probably a ton of things going through your head here. Like, (laughs) am I going to go back into that two-year, three-year hiatus of, like, building back, right? Like, was that going through your head as you're trying to finish? Um. Yes and no, in the sense of like, when I twisted my ankle really bad, like I, I wasn't able to run for, you know, I wasn't able to to run or walk or put any weight on it for like a good five to 10 minutes. So I just sat on the side of the trail and just kind of waited and, and tried to patiently, um, you know, give give my ankle some time. And then when I got back up and I started kind of moving on it, um, eventually I feel like my, you know, your body kind of responds in a certain way. And, I, and then I started kind of limping and then I started like, jogging and then and then slowly but surely it you know sometimes your body kind of just eliminates the thought of pain and for me at least and it just it kind of like just eventually kind of faded away and then I started like jogging a little bit and it was able to run and and all of this process I guess my only like my goal was no longer performance my goal was only to finish and 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 that's all I started thinking about when I started running again I was like Marianne no matter what happens like you just have to make it to the finish like you're gonna finish this race there's no way your first race back you're gonna stay injured on the side of the trail um so that's kind of how my my thought process went and I wasn't really thinking of the after I wasn't even thinking about anything else I was really just thinking of like one step in front of the other try not to fall again and I kept falling, of course, because I had no control on my ankle. Um, but, uh, yeah, eventually I just made it to, I was able to, you know, after a few Ks, I was able to start, like, jogging a pace that is okay. But, uh, yeah, I was I was having quite the rough time making it to finish for sure. Wow. I mean, see, that's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that in itself is just so, I mean, you, you potentially you had 45 K and you're in third place overall. So who knows what could have happened? We know what happened. You took fifth overall second female and you were on a rock for 10 minutes and then you're hobbling around. And so that performance is almost not, not a throwaway in the sense of like, it shows you you're making the comeback, but in terms of comparison to others in that race, it really is a throwaway. Um, yeah, but but in I terms mean, of performance, I, yeah, but I, I, I mean, anything can happen in a race, right? Like, I who knows if I didn't twist my ankle, maybe I would have had a butt, like, uh, I, I, like who knows? There's 45k left, and there's a lot of things that could have happened, so yeah, that's one way to look at it. But I just look at it as you know, that's what happened to me, and, and that's my story. And and you know, if if I hadn't twisted my ankle, I don't know what would have happened, but uh, I guess, I guess we'll never know at this point. <laughs> Trust me, I love it. No, that, yeah. that. That story is so much better than I won first place and it felt great. Like yeah. that that shows your true character. And so this rebuilding process, you probably kind of like roll your eyes like, yeah, like you were doing the alphabet probably with your ankle a bunch yeah, and all that kind of like in your spare alphabet. time. 
Yeah, I was getting uh, needled quite a bit. I was uh, doing a whole lot of strengthening exercises because like the weeks after that, I couldn't, you know, it took me two full weeks of no running. And then um, oh it took me, like when I started running again, I, I, I was barely able to run. You know, I was limping for quite a bit. And then um, slowly but surely it kind of came back. And I remember the first few long runs that I did, like I couldn't run more than 15K. Like I would sit on the side of the trail and wait for kind of the ankle to to for the pain to kind of you know slow down and then I would start over again and um so yeah that that, that process back wasn't uh, wasn't all roses for sure but uh you know a lot of people were like there's no way you'll be able to run UTCT and then when I was saying that I was going to UTCT people were laughing um and and I was laughing too you know because I didn't know it was going to happen but um yeah it was just it, it it was a surprising process that kind of everything just ended up being okay in the end and 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 I'm happy about it but it was it was it was definitely a, an interesting few few weeks and few months I mean what what's going through your head when you're 15k into a training run sitting on a log I mean were you crying I would have been crying I would have been so upset to <laughs> like come through all of that gotten back to like peak performance type fitness in my opinion it seems like you were really really in great shape and then have that one-off situation like were those were those breaks during those training runs initially after the race like just rough like i can't uh imagine yeah, it, it was rough, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't think there's anything worse that could happen to me after breaking a leg, you know, it's like, yeah, twisted ankle sucks. And a lot of people tell me like, oh, sometimes you're better to break your bone than twist your ankle, but I completely disagree, you know, um, at least I'm able to run and, 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 and I don't really mind if it takes me 20 minutes to recover from that 15k so I can run another 15 like I, I can still do it and and that's what that's what important that's what's important to me and as long as I keep moving forward no matter the pace no matter the distance like I'm making progress and and I'm fine with it now um and I think that that's that I think that that's what's hugely different in my perspective um from you know just the ability to run is just is just such a blessing for me right now that I it doesn't really matter to me I wasn't even that sad I was like sometimes sometimes it sucks because the thing the thing it sucks that sucks the most is when I'm not able to follow people when we're running downhill you know those first few months it was really hard for me to even like mm -hmm. remotely try to follow someone running downhill in a trail I just wasn't able to do it at all um that but, used to uh, be your that used to be your strength yeah yeah I'm trying to remember yeah, yeah, definitely was. Definitely was. It's not so much anymore. Um, just because of that, you know, I, I can't, uh, I, I'm okay running downhill, but, uh, I used to be way better at it. And, and that's just my new reality. It's like, I, my, my right leg is still very, very small. Um, my calf and my right thighs are still much smaller than my left because of the leg I broke. And, and, um, uh, I, I, that's just a real, and you know, that's why I twist my right ankle and that's why I keep getting like re-injured. Um, but, uh, as long as I can still move, then I'm kind of okay with it. And I don't, uh, it doesn't cause me to cry on the side of the trail. Not at all. I'm just, I'm just happy to be there, you know? And I'm like, Oh, this too shall pass. You know, I, I love it. I mean, you keep getting up and you keep growing stronger. I, I mean, truly it's amazing. I had a flashback during your uh during the uphill downhill thing where you taught me how to do smaller footsteps uh running uphill you were like the first person when we were out there um shooting nice. that shooting that video 
Um, <laughs> and so you go to South Africa. Where are your expectations? Do you want to win the race? Are you just thankful to be there? Because everyone was like, oh, yeah, like after, you know, you're, yeah. you're rolled ankles. She's not going to really finish this. Like, where where were you? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's actually really interesting in South Africa because um you know it, it's a, it's an ultra trail world tour. There's a lot of you know there's a lot of good runners and there's a lot you know there's the elite briefing, the elite Q and A. You know I, I wasn't even you know my number my bib number wasn't an elite. I wasn't qualified as an elite. I was just uh just a, you know just part of the part of the regular uh, yeah. start line. I wasn't I didn't even have access to the the priority start line. Um, you had to so, you had to pay for your own hotel room. I had to pay for my hotel. I had to welcome, pay for the race. Welcome to the to middle of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I had to do everything, you know, and it, and it was fine. Uh, it was really fine. I was just happy to be there, and I don't really care about all that stuff. Um, and so it just made things really easy and super simple. You know, when I started running, I was just like, I felt so good, and I was just running with Courtney and having such a good time, and it was so much fun. And, and, you know, as soon as more of the day went by, like people were asking, it was just funny, like, I'm running on the trail and people kept asking me, what's your name? You know, they're like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) And so it was just a very interesting, it was just a very interesting thing to live. And, and, and uh, it, it just made, it just made things easy and things fun for me. It was just really fun. I mean, that's awesome to hear. And I mean, sometimes it's, a humble way to start a race can be positive you know like yeah um and i can see you and courtney like really hitting it off and being friends (laughs) i know you're both solomon but uh, yeah yeah yeah. both your guys personalities are similar and and like very laid back and just like extremely humble and and fun to be around and guys both yeah, like here <laughs> yeah exactly um, i was gonna say the it's it just great to is just great to be able to spend time with her and it was even more of an honor to be able to run with her um you know uh, uh she's she's a great person and and, uh, and i'm very honored that you make that comparison i i honestly i someone like you you know if you keep building i wouldn't be totally shocked if uh you develop in a similar way so uh I mean, tell me, so you took runner up to Courtney during that race, correct? I mean, yes. at at what point did she say like, Hey, I'm going to hit this downhill hard or, you know, go for it. Were you deep into the race or was it like mile five? Like, no, that's not actually how it happened. So I was running with her. Um, we were running together for maybe the first uh, eight kilometers, or I, I'm sorry, I keep being in kilometers just because my brain is in you Canadian. Ninety percent <laughs> of the world, gosh. Yeah. So I I was running with her up until eight kilometers, and then um, I you know I was running with her, but behind her, you know, I just my point was just like I there's no way I want to be in front of her at this point in the race. Um, I mean, I wasn't expecting to be in front of her, but I was just using her as a, as maybe a, you know, a guideline as to maybe where I should be. And so I was running behind her and um, there was an uphill where she kind of went up front a little bit. And I was thinking like, oh, that's good. You know, I'll I'll take a little bit of time before the first aid station where I don't want to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not um, getting there in first position or anything. But then it was really funny because we, we started going downhill at maybe kilometer nine. And as I'm running downhill, like I see her, she's on the side of the road, tying up her shoe. 
So I passed her at that point and ended up being the first person, the first woman at the first aid station. And I think I was thinking to myself, like, damn it, that's what I <laughs> didn't want to do. <laughs> you should just pulled behind her and start tying your shoe, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was like, okay, whatever is, you know, she'll catch up eventually for sure. Um, and then I kept running and maybe at around kilometer 15, um, is really funny because I'm, I don't know if you know what the the course is like, but you're, you you kind of go around a mountain and you're running on the side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I was running behind this guy who uh, I wasn't necessarily fo- following him, but he might have been like 25 meters ahead. And I'm following him along, following him along. And we're running and running. And then all of a sudden um, I see him. He's just for some reason, like he's cutting off of the trail we're running on and he's going straight up the hill and I'm thinking like what is this guy doing and then I and I'm thinking like what is like what's going on here and I I start thinking maybe he's going to the bathroom or something but then I realize when I'm looking like I'm looking higher up to where he's going that the trail people are actually running on the other you know there's like two levels of a trail like on the side of the mountain and so he's actually we were lost and we were we weren't on the trail anymore um and so I start making my way up, back up that little thing. And as I'm making my back way back up there, I see Courtney run by. And uh, so that's as much as I, as I saw her, because I wasn't back on the trail. And then I never caught back onto her. So, so there was not a point where beyond that first AK that I ran with her, actually. Interesting. I mean, and so how far off the trail is probably like, what, quarter of a mile or something? Uh, yeah, but it was like, you, you know, one of the, it, it's a quarter of a mile, but straight uphill, right? Cause we went down and then, and then we, so we then oh, cut across. Okay. We cut so across it was more of the like time. The <laughs> yeah, it was definitely more of the time. Cause then we cut across the bushes to make it back on the trail. And it was so funny cause I was seeing people pass by and then I was thinking like, darn it. Um, but you know, it, it was really early on in the race and I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's, it's not a big deal at all. I just gotta, you, you gotta stay focused and get back into it. You know, most people couldn't, um, that yeah. is an incredibly difficult mental situation. Uh, you know, in your head during the race, be like, you know, I just gave Courtney to Walter of all people, eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it wasn't that much though. It wasn't that okay. much. I can't tell you how much it was, but it, you know, it, it might've been two or three, I don't know, maybe three minutes. You give, three, you give her any or, time. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I know. But I, at the same time, it's like it happened, right? I can't start panicking about it. Like I have to move forward here to race. And, and, and so that's kind of how I just like, I was like, okay, it's probably, you know, when something like that happens, I try to convince myself it's for the best. I start thinking, telling myself like, it's probably better. Like you don't want to run with her anyways. Like you're not there yet. Like I, I try to convince myself that it's better that I run my own race. And now I'm in a position to do that. And that's kind of what I did at that moment. That's awesome. I mean, that's also very positive. Most people would try to pick up the pace and then they'd end up blowing up. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, like even middle of the pack guys, like we, when I got lost, one or two times during races I sped up and then everything hit the fan. Um, so how did you keep that discipline to just continue your own race and kind of prove it out to yourself? Um, at that point it's pretty easy because like at that point I really am just running my own race. You know, I, I was second and, and, and my goal, you know, after it was just, maintaining that pace maintaining that you know that energy um it's really nice when you're i find when you're when you're a woman 
and and in some cases i guess when you're when you're a fast woman it doesn't happen so much but i love being able to run with other people and it was so cool during this race to be able to kind of like yo-yo between different guys and it, it was just it, it was really fun to see the race unfold in that matter and and to me it was, it was just a matter of um you know keep putting one foot in front of the other and and keeping the energy going you know running as much as i can when i can and 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 all of that good stuff um and then uh i had a little bit of a down at like kilometer 75 or around that point um and at that point i was thinking like oh this is getting a little hard here um but uh what i love about ultras is that you know whenever you have a down you're gonna have a uh a high coming soon and so i just kept being patient and waiting for that high to come back and around kilometer 90 um it came back and i felt super good and finished strong the last 10 10ks which really showed because this the third place girl was catching up to me um she she you know at one point she was at 10 minutes and then they told me eight minutes and then they said six minutes <laughs> and then in the end <laughs> that i was like oh no and then in the end the, i think she finished like 15 minutes behind so um at that last 10k i was able to kind of get back out of my down and and kind of finish the race strong and and that just that it, it makes you feel really good too when you're finishing on a high note you know uh, anytime I come through the finish line in second place, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, so how how was your ankle throughout this? I mean, was it swelling up? Uh, was uh, it as stable as as it could have been? Or, or tell me about that aspect. Yeah, it definitely wasn't as stable as it could have been. Um, it's definitely still not very stable. Uh, I get my, you know, I, I, I got treatment uh, before and, and I was asking, you know, how I got, I could tape my ankles because both of my ankles are really bad at this point. Um, so I did a pretty intense taping job at both of my ankles before the race. And that's something that I probably should have done in, in retrospect, you know, before Arikana, um, UTHC. Yeah. So uh, I did that and that really helped. And then the other thing that I did is I wore compression socks, um, which I had never done before. And, and, and I think that it probably helps kind of, uh, first of all, stick the tape together, but second of all, like prevent them from swelling that much. Um, and so that was really, really helpful at UTCT. And I definitely decided to do that again at Bandera. Um, and, and it helped too, you know, at Bandera, I only twisted my ankle once, which I usually twist way more than that. So that, that that was good. I mean, I have you, and when you say compression socks, I mean, are is it just one piece or is it a sleeve and then a sock separately or? No, I'm assuming I it's just one sock, right? Yeah, just a sock, just a sock, because that's where like okay. the thing I need the most to be held is the are the ankles. Totally, and yeah. when I started off my broken ankle, I was the same exact way, and then, um. Eventually, I personally worked to the calf sleeve separate and huh. like having that sock separate from the calf sleeve to give your ankle mobility like that natural um, movement so yeah. that like it, it just, you know, didn't go up the whole chain of muscles. But that's also from just my middle of the back perspective. So <laughs> no, don't listen well, to me, please. No, um, no. My, per my perspective is not necessarily better in the sense like that's all I tried and I, it worked for UTCT. So I did it get again at Bandera, but I don't know that it's the best solution. You I, know, would so. I would say don't, don't change too much here. Um, <laughs> yeah, tell me, exactly. tell me about uh, Bandera. Um, I mean, you're showing up, you're probably feeling pretty confident and I mean, you got three races to get this golden ticket. I mean, 
how did Bandera 100K start off for you? This is a race where they've changed the course up over time. Is this? Did you do two loops on like the traditional course, or, or what? Which course was it? And tell me about the start line. Yeah, I believe it's traditional. I think they changed a little bit of it, but it's two loops of 50k. Um, right. and the first, I'd say the first half of the loop is, is very technical. It's very, it's, it's a lot of up and ups and downs, a lot of technical downhill. Um, it's, it's the first, the first 25 K is much different than the second. Uh, the second is super runnable, which is really nice. It, it kind of switched things up. So I, I really liked the The course actually, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, no, showing up to, showing up to the start line is, is, is a lot of fun. Um, it was very interesting too, because, uh, I was reading up on who was going to be doing the race and kind of just seeing the race and, uh, race entries. And there was a lot of girls, a lot of fast girls. Um, but I think a lot of people had done the same strategy that I did in the sense of like registering for a lot of those golden tickets. And then, um, there, there is, there was a few of those r- girls that didn't show up on the start line, but a lot of, uh, fast runners showed up as well. And that, that's not what I'm saying, but it was just, uh, it was just different and it was just interesting and it was nice to see, um, how many of the people people um showed up and ran a great race but uh showing up to the start line i guess for me it was very simple right like all i wanted was uh, getting a golden ticket so I, I was determined to give it my best shot and and have a great time out there um because that's also very important and when the when the gun took off uh, i started running and about 500 meters into the race i saw a girl ahead of me and the, I thought like, oh, I, I have a feeling that that's the first girl because I, I kind of could see who who was there at the start line. Um, so I just decided to go ahead of her and then and then told myself like, oh, it, it'll just be easier, I guess, if, if I'm in first position to know in what position I am and and, and kind of hold that position because I'm kind of in control of what pace I'm running at. Um, and so that was my strategy. And then I guess that's the only thing, uh, that's the only thing that I, that I did because then I, I, I just tried to hold down to that position and, and, and was able to do so, uh, for, for, for the whole race. So I guess, uh, nice. <laughs> I guess it worked out for me, but it was just, it was, it, it, it wasn't very thought out either. It was just kind of like, Oh, in the moment I just felt like doing that. And, and that's what I did. And, and, and it kind of worked out for me. I mean, the, the first kind of, is there still that out and back section where like you can see the rest of the field yeah there's a small out and back section at like 10 or 12k or something and it's really funny because i did not know that was a thing and so we were running and i was following someone and then all of a sudden people are coming down and I just asked them, like, are we going the wrong way? And <laughs> it was the first guys. And they were really funny because they just answered like, no, we're just finishing the loop. <laughs> and I thought like, oh, my God. And then I saw like 10 other guys, which was really funny. And then and then when I finished the loop, I saw some of the girls, too. And it's it's techie. Like when you're dropping down, I'll never yeah. forget seeing I think it was Camille Heron just crash and burn there so hard. I think she I think she ended up getting a golden ticket there but i've never seen someone fall so hard running full speed down um very <laughs> yeah. very technical stuff yeah that would be scary because that's a pretty technical downhill and it, it's pretty steep at that point so yeah that i i would imagine that'd be pretty scary yeah i mean so there were no hiccups did that whole race just you were in the lead you put it in autopilot or yeah you know, were there yeah. any low points no, that's what's weird. Actually, I was like, it's one of those races where you know I'm trying to recollect what happened, but I 
in my head is just a blur of five minutes. Like that's kind of how I lived it. You know, I was just on a high. I was having that's so much a fun. Perfect and, race. Then <laughs> <laughs> I know I was like, that's oh, rare. Everything's going really well. And then eventually I was like, Oh, I should probably ask where the second girl is. Cause that, you know, after a certain while I had no idea. So I think it was about a uh, kilometer 75 that I asked my crew. I said, so where's the second girl? And, um, at that point, he told me 12 minutes because that's the info he had. And then in my head, I was like, oh, 12 minutes. That's not that much. Like uh, something, yeah. like any anything can happen in 25K. So then in my head, I was like, oh, I better start running faster. And then I, I kind of just pushed the, the last 25K. And then it ended up being, a, uh, yeah, it ended up getting first place, which, which, you know, all I wanted really was first or second. I didn't really mind uh, anything else. And so I, I'm just happy that, that I was able to do that. How much time did you win by? Not that it matters. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not quite sure the to- the finish. I think it was 30 or 35 minutes. I'm okay. not sure. It's so a pretty solid uh, distance between you and in second place there. Because sometimes that's a pretty close race. I mean... Yeah. But but they were close. Like I said, like they were pretty... Because uh, the second and third, they were they were battling off for, for second place, uh, which oh, is really cool. yeah. 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 And and they were pretty close, like I said, because at seventy five they were they were about twelve minutes, and so I think the, I think yeah, it was a well I don't know if I accelerated or they had a harder time, but um, they were close, you know, up until seventy five. I was thinking that oh, you know, this isn't this isn't over till it's over, you know. So how many like slices did you get on your legs <laughs> through those? You know what's, yeah, it was whatever funny, those people, things are called. Yeah, people wrote to me saying like, oh, how come your legs aren't bloody? And I said, I don't know, but they're definitely like they're all scratched up the next day. Like my whole legs, they're just it's it's as if I got two sleeves tattoos on my legs. I mean, maybe they like cut them back a little bit somehow, but I just distinctly remember like having to almost turn sideways through and, you know, deflect them from slicing me. Uh, Yeah, it's it was rough, but. I mean, let's hear about the finish line. You you get through, you've signed up, you set your mind to something, you've not had an easy few years here to say the least. It's been a rough five years for, yeah, for sure. a variety of reasons, but you just went after something that has probably been in your head for quite some time. I mean, like what what's the emotional reaction to accomplishing this? Um, you know, it's, it's pure happiness. It's like, uh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like setting your mind to something, setting a goal and then reaching that goal. And it's just, it, you know, especially when that goal is like five years in the making and, and that's not counting the years before that. Um, and so for me, it was just so much fun. Like the whole race was so much fun. And, and even, even if I, if I didn't get first or second, you know, I, I think I'm just happy that I'm able to put myself in the mix and, and, and try for it. And that's, um, that's more than, a, than, than what I would have been able to say in the last five years. So that's why I think I'm just so happy to be able to do it. And when I cross that finish line and they, you know, they, they came up with the, with the huge golden ticket and they asked me if I wanted to go, you know, I just wanted to scream like, yeah, I want to go. Like, <laughs> so I, I was just, I was just so thrilled to be able to, to get that done. And, um, you know, I was determined to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And I was ready to, you know, if I wasn't going to have it at Mandir, I was really willing to give it my best shot at that Canyon. And if that wasn't going to work, then I was ready to go at the, the canyons. And it, it, it's just, it, it, it was such a relief and such a good time. Like it's, 
so happy to be able to do that that first race that um yeah i i couldn't describe it other than just pure happiness you know pure bliss i mean i'm sincerely excited and happy for you knowing a lot of what you've gone through now knowing even more like i couldn't have been happier seeing you with a giant golden ticket not knowing <laughs> that you're even doing that race you know i wasn't paying that close of attention but yeah. Um, I'm super excited for you. And thank you so much. Are you at this point like let's chill out for a few months and like really do some solid training? Or are you are you just gonna go after a few races here and there to like tune up for Western States? Not that you really need tune up. It seems like you just need to not roll your ankle and you'll be yeah. good to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm definitely going to take a little bit of time off because, uh, you know, I hadn't ran before prior to September, I hadn't ran a distance over a hundred K and I just did three, um, three of those distance in, in about five months. Um, so, so I think I, I do have to respect my body and, and kind of give it some time to relax. So I'm definitely going to take some time off from running. Um, and then when I start running again, um, I'm, I'm not going to build up as quickly, you know, it's, it's winter and, and I'm from Quebec and there's a lot of snow and I want to enjoy, um, some skiing. I'm actually a split border, so I do split boarding. Um, so I want to do, I want to do a lot of that and I, and I want to make sure that I, I give my body the rest it needs before I start building back up. But, um, I'm just super excited. You know, I think that, it, that it's going to require some patience on my part. Um, so, so I can do that, but that's, that's the plan so far. Um, but, but I am registered for, for the canyons. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I think that maybe I, I'll go ahead and, and, and do that race, but uh, it's not for sure yet, but I, I think that that's, that would be I think a good it's idea. A to come. April, right? I'm yeah, trying to remember I April and it, it goes on some of the Western States actual course, correct? Yeah, exactly. Which is why I think I would like to give it a shot. You know, I think it makes sense. I don't know. I mean, it's plush enough that ankle rolling's a little bit lower probability. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see where you take that. I mean, I know I just, I probably intimidated you at, you know, you saw me registered for Black Canyon 100K this year and you're probably like, <laughs> you know. Um, no, but seriously, I'm I'm excited and... You know, I'll, I'll be in touch. I want to hear more about how your Western States goes. And even if you end up not even doing Western States, I, I need to be in better touch with you. Um, you've been a good yeah, friend thanks. over time. Yeah, for sure. It's It was so good to hear from you. And so I'll, I'll finish with um, just a few quick last questions. I mean, I'll start off with the obvious one. What What's your favorite beer these days? Like, did you have one at the oh. finish line kind of right away or... I definitely did. I am a huge fan of the hazy beers. So anywhere I go, I ask for the haziest beer on tap and that's usually what I go for. So I'm a huge fan of those. Um, that's definitely my favorite. It's hard to depict a, one brewery, to be honest. Like I like to, to drink local wherever I go, um, but wherever it is that I go, I, I definitely go for the hazy beer. Is your your love of hazy beers affecting your decision to potentially try to move to Vermont or spend time in Vermont? Um, uh, no, although it definitely helps. Um, <laughs> no, I, 
I was in Vermont before uh, Bandera and I am now just because uh, it's so close to the border and it, it was easier to, to fly here and out, um, especially due to COVID. Um, so that's kind of why I, I am in Vermont. But I but I love this state. I think it's a, it's a very, very fun state. Is it not like the hardest? Like you, you think like, oh, it's Vermont. Like these, there's probably pretty, pretty flat, you know, maybe be uh, a climb here or there, but like. Oh my gosh. There's yeah, some, there's some pretty good hills. There they yeah. really are. Um Yeah. And so I mean longer term though, I mean one or two last ones here. Are you going to be more conservative with your race schedule? So following your your big top ten or, or win or whatever you do at Western States, are you gonna try to leverage that into UTMB? Because I know how much you love those trails i know the solomon connection all as well or are you going to kind of pull back and maybe um try to yeah be a little bit more uh conservative with that yeah it's a really good question uh you know in my head i'm kind of balancing out different things uh but i you know i always go with what i feel like and what i want to do and and if you had asked me that last week i was just thinking like no way my sole focus is western states that's all i want to focus on i won't even start thinking about other goals um but then uh, you know this happens and i'm super excited for it but at the same time uh I think everyone knows that registration for UTMB closes on January 18th and I got to make a decision on that pretty quickly. Um, and so I decided that I probably will register just because uh, I'd rather, you know, go out there and, and, and be able to race it regardless of how um, m- be able to run it regardless of how much I'll be able to race it. I, I just want to kind of get out there and, and have some fun. And, and so I've decided to register. I just haven't quite decided what race I'm going to register. I was uh, just, yet. I, okay. So I, I have a bad record on this. I will admit, <laughs> cause I've, I told Matt Daniels, he's going to win CCC sometime. Um, yeah. I saw Matt Daniels at the Bandera. It's really good to see him. He's the best. He's yeah. seriously, I kind of put you guys in some weird category. It's probably just, <laughs> uh, you know, old, uh, Boulder residence category. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say, would you rather win CCC or take a top 10 at UTMB? Like what's the dream for you? Like the super, super competitive UTMB CCC will be very competitive, but yeah. A little less pain. Well, Would you rather yeah. win CCC or take, let's just, I'll just throw it out, like seventh place at UTMB? Oh, definitely seventh at UTMB. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as my body will allow me to run UTMB this year, like I'd love to do it. Um, and it's just a matter of being able to respect that. But uh, no, like that's, I'm, I'm definitely more of the vibe to, to, you know, if there's if there's a bigger race or a bigger like bigger race in terms of distance and and just in terms of like difficulty, like that's kind of what I want to do. And um, yeah, I mean, to each their own, obviously. Like, and and to each their own too, in terms of uh, desires and in terms of strengths and and all of that. But for me, I I, I guess I would just rather participate in UTMB. Um, that I, I and that just comes from the heart, you know. I love it. No, and and you might win UTMB for all I know. I'm just, I was, I was just trying to make <laughs> it like idea, controversial but... somehow. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, you're you're lining up. You really remind me of Emily Howgood into her 2021. Um, 
actually probably someone you should hit the trails with at some point. And yeah, you, I mean, you will at, at States, uh, but just really appreciate all your time. I'm incredibly happy for you and Thank stay you in so touch. Yeah. Thanks for all yeah, your time. For sure. Yeah, I will. That's for sure. It's good to chat with you. And that was episode 201. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Congratulations to Marianne. She made her comeback. She executed on our big golden ticket race, and now she's going to Western States. Couldn't be more happy for her. Big shout out to you Patreon supporters. Again, I'm going to try to pull from the archives the old conversation that we had. It was real time while we were going running, which was uh, maybe not the best audio quality idea. But I do appreciate you Patreon supporters. I appreciate Exoskin, Tannery Outdoors, and the John Wayne Cancer Foundation, their grit series. Check them out, guys. Check out the show link. Show notes, link. But most importantly, don't forget to enjoy your training. See you in a week.